Greetings, everyone, and welcome to Back to Ashes. My name is Phoenix. I'd like to thank the reform members of the channel. Luz Crispin, Tammy Slayton, CAG, Anderscare Wifey, Denise S, Through Scrutiny, Samantha Play, Stephanie McLaren, Corpse Lover, Normie DW, Christy Elias, Cindy Cleveland, and Patty's Knees. Speaking of Cindy Cleveland, who is a very huge supporter of this channel, happy 65th birthday to you, Cindy. Thank you for all that you do. I appreciate your support, and may you have one of the best birthdays you've ever had. So please join me in the comment section and wish Cindy Cleveland a very happy birthday. If you like what you are hearing and haven't done so already, or you've been here and haven't done so already, please don't forget to subscribe, like, share, and comment. Not only does it help the channel out, but it also reminds you of every time I upload a video. With all of that being said, it is time to go back to ashes. For once we arise from the ashes, we are a bigger, brighter, stronger, and a happier person in the morning. Sit back, relax, kick back, grab a snack, or tuck in and get warm, and prepare for this dose of vocal melatonin entitled True Home Alone Stories. Right after this intro and ad will play, I'll read the first story and ad will play, and after that, there will be no more ads within this video. This happened a while back when I was in fifth grade. I had just realized that I had gotten to make cookies for my school's bake sale, and it was the night before. My mom was naturally pretty irked that I had forgotten, but... As moms do, she helped me make some snickerdoodles. So we got to baking and everything went a-okay until we didn't have enough eggs or any sugar. Of course, my mom is not happy, and it is 8 p.m. She reluctantly grabbed her keys and hopped in the car. My sister was already in bed, and my mom said she could trust me home alone for the first time. Not even ten minutes after my mom left, I heard a tapping on our porch door. This was the creepiest, slowest tap you could have ever imagined. I thought it was a bird, or at worst a raccoon, but it was so methodical. Tap, 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 tap. This went on for like five minutes. I curled up into the fetal position and rocked back and forth while waiting for it to stop. I eventually gathered the courage to take a peek out the window beside the door. When I raised the blinds, I saw a man's face illuminated by my porch light. As soon as I opened the blinds, his eyes shot straight to the window, staring right into mine. He smiled. I ran into my sister's room, locked the door, and turned on the light. She woke up and started crying. To get her to stop, I read her story, all the while hearing the tap-tapping coming now from our front door. When my mom pulled into the driveway, the tapping stopped. I hope that creepy dude disappeared or is possibly in jail. This happened two nights ago. Around 8 p.m., my boyfriend working night shift and the maintenance men finally got my new fridge in my kitchen of our apartment. 
I'd put all the food in the sink, and I had no ice to keep the food cool. So I call my sister. I was home alone, and I hear a knock on the door. While telling my sister to get said ice, I open the door wide, thinking it was one of the maintenance men. Maybe they left something behind that I didn't see yet. Nope. It was a drunk old man with a big jacket on, and it was way too hot for a big puffer jacket like that. Now, I'm 92 pounds and 5'2". I am a very, very small lady. I am by myself because I don't have a job. I am an artist who sells her work, and the situation has never happened before. Can I use your bathroom? I don't want to piss outside, he asks while stepping closer. I say, I'm sorry, my boyfriend is in there taking a shower and try my best to shut the door ever so slowly. He quickly grabs the door and puts his boot between the door and the wall. I freak out and push the door with all of my might and run for my metal bat in my room. By the time I got it and was ready to hit this guy, my sister was there with her friend with the eyes. I dropped to my knees and started crying. She said when she got to the steps he was running away. I didn't call the police, but if I see him again, I will. I should have been more careful. I told my boyfriend and he said, If no one has lived here for years and we live on the second floor... Then why would he come to our door? That freaked me out bad. So to the guy who came to our door, we hope you found what you were looking for because I don't ever want to see you or encounter you again. I was at home alone in my previous apartment in a not-so-great neighborhood. My apartment was on the ground level, and my bedroom window faced a back alley. A dumpster set less than two car lengths away, where homeless people often rummaged. Just before dawn one morning, I heard a tapping at my window. My back was to the window, and my eyes were now wide open. It was still dark outside. I sleep with my lamp on, and my worn-out vertical blinds were missing a slat, causing a six-inch gap, so I know that whoever or whatever the source of the tapping could see me lying in bed as plain as day. The tapping was brief, maybe five or six taps, so I spent the next five seconds or so frozen, bizarrely trying to convince myself it was something or anything else but a person watching me and tapping on the window. I thought maybe it was an animal. But then came more tapping. Now, I was faced with the terrifying reality that somebody had been watching me through my window in the dark for God knows how long. And he decided to tap on the window. Had one of the homeless people become aggressive during the dumpster dive? Something told me that nothing good could come from turning around and looking at the window. If he got me to look at him, what then? Remember, my back was to the guy, so I sat up slowly, rubbing my eyes and pretending I was too groggy to hear him. I stood up and hazily made my way out of my bedroom, 
as though I were going to the restroom or something. Once I was out of his sight, I ran to the phone to call 911, considering whether to forget any embarrassment of being in my t-shirt and underwear and bolt out the front door, which was out of sight from the intruder. I just wasn't sure I could outrun whoever it was, or whether anyone could help me if I couldn't. Before I could make a decision, I heard the loud pop of my window being pried open. I thought my heart would jump from my chest. At that point, I could hear the upstairs neighbor Mike descending his stairs. I opened my door a few inches and peeked out to ask for his help. Mike was a big guy, and I've heard he was trained in martial arts of some sort. He didn't hesitate to respond, hustling to the back of my apartment to see what was going on. Within a few seconds, I heard rumbling and someone being thrown against the wall and into the bushes. A few months later, Mike came around to my front door, telling me not to worry about seeing that guy again. He'd beaten him up pretty badly. I wanted to believe Mike that the would-be intruder was maybe dumpster diving, but that he would hopefully never venture this way again. But it wasn't a homeless person. According to Mike, when the guy escaped, he ran out to the front of my building, hopped into a red sports car, and sped off. My neighborhood wasn't a red sports car kind of place. The police later told me that the intruder was likely someone who'd seen me out of somewhere and followed me home to find out where I lived. So, Mr. Window Tapper, I still wonder what you would have done if you'd gotten inside before Mike caught you. I wonder if you still follow me, and because of that, I often find myself wishing that Mike had put an end to you. If you found out where I now live, you will be going to jail. I hope I never see you again. My girlfriend and I had been living in our new apartment approximately three to four months at the time of this story. For clarification and background, we live in a basement level unit. The one and only entrance is inside the building, down the stairs. However, there's four windows facing nothing but a row of shrubbery and tree line. It was roughly 9 to 10 p.m.-ish. She was at work for the evening and I had the place to myself. Lights on and TV blasting. I was sitting in my living room planning on eating trashy and binge-watching the remaining episodes of Broad City. Not long into it, however, I heard a scraping sound from the bathroom. My first thought, a mouse? Which was the last thing we needed. So I get up and make my way through the hallway as quietly as I can to catch a glimpse of it. The closer I got, the more I realized the scratching wasn't coming from the bathroom, but rather the window in the master bedroom. My next guess was it simply kids playing outside, as they tend to, or the bunny I had seen bouncing out there that morning, even more likely someone taking a dog out to pee. I paused tried to hone my hearing and only then noticed it wasn't a sound echoing from outside, but rather 
scratching on the window itself. I started into the bedroom when I noticed the sound stopped and moved to the adjacent window in the room next to it. A smaller bedroom that gave us the creeps as is. We never used it. There's no light source. It simply sits dark and empty aside from a few boxes of my clothing. Now thinking back, it was probably a bad idea. I'm a small girl, maybe 5'2", 90 pounds, soaking wet. But I do have a bit of spirit and a tad bit of a temper. I had hoped upon being discovered that whomever it was, obvious to me now that it was a someone, not a something, would run off. I had caught him red-handed, so I steeled myself and yelled out, I hear you. What do you want? The scratching stopped instantly. I waited. After what felt like an eternity, I assumed the coast was clear. I made my way to the windowsill and slowly cracked open the blinds. I don't know why I did. Because there he crouched, peering into me with the widest and wildest eyes I have ever seen on a person. Most certainly strung out on something. He told me to let him in. As shocked as I was, I almost laughed at the audacity. As if I was just going to swing open the window and let him waltz in. Using the remaining courage I had mustered, I tell him not so gently, No, get the hell away from my house. He again told me to let him in, to which I informed him I was calling the police and hurriedly proceeded to do just that. I even turned the phone to face him for added effect, hoping this act would scare him or intimidate him. Anything to get this man to leave. Unfortunately, it had the exact opposite effect. He was seething, raging and practically foaming at the mouth. He drew back and punched the window. Hard. Repeatedly slamming his fists and palms against the glass. The window started cracking, blood flinging up like a gore-filled movie effect. I was out of there fast, heart racing, slamming the door shut behind me. So tempted to run out the front door, but incredibly scared that he would just come around the front of the building. It would take no time at all for him to do. Torn and trapped, I pick up the nearest blunt object and place myself in between the two doors. I figured whichever one moved first, I'd go out the other. I still had the phone to my ear urging the 911 operator to get someone here fast. In my panic state, I also feared for my girlfriend who would be coming home soon. I messaged her, warning her about what was going on. Eventually, sirens and a pounding came to the front door. The police had arrived. I explained what had happened, and they searched the apartment and area near the window. Coming back with a set of keys that he had possibly dropped, but no sign of him other than the broken window. They took a sample from the blood splatter on what was left of the glass. My girlfriend came home shortly after, having left work early and calling the police herself. I'm grateful she did. Maintenance had been notified and they threw up temporary boarding until it could be replaced. They never actually found the guy, 
or if they did, I never received an update about it. Definitely didn't get any sleep that night. Has anyone else been in a similar situation? How did you react? Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day from Movement. Whether your mom is into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, Movement has something she'll love. And right now, everything at Movement is up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale. A watch is a gift that celebrates all the time you spent with mom. And a Movement watch is even more than that. Movement uses industry-leading materials for their fresh modern watch designs, from technically complex ceramics to vintage-inspired style, all for an incredible value your wrist and wallet will both love. And with one-size-fits-all convenience and fast-free shipping and returns, it's a stress-free shopping experience. Save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with Movement. Get up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com. Here's a short but sweet one for you. This happened about two months ago when my parents went away for the weekend, leaving me and my pets to look after the house. Usually I'm very nervous to be home alone over the night because I'm a weak 18-year-old girl who happens to have a few enemies in town. There are teenagers who have assaulted and threatened me and things like that, so of course when I'm alone I get paranoid. My parents decided to leave on the Thursday night, which went uneventful. So did Friday night. Finally, Saturday night rolls around and I'm playing some games with my friends. It's two in the morning and my dog is asleep beside me. The doors are locked, lights are off, and I'm feeling good. Until I hear something outside. It starts quiet, but gradually it gets louder and louder. Eventually, I realize that there's someone outside of my house yelling. Usually I wouldn't care. It's Saturday night, and people walk down my road all the time when they're drunk. Except five minutes pass, and this person is going nowhere. I sneak up to my window and lift the blind just enough to peek out of the window. And there he is. A full-grown man who I recognize and later found out is someone my family knew is looking directly in my window with the most terrifying angry look on his face. He has stood in my driveway facing my house yelling for now 10 minutes. I'm a defenseless girl and he is getting closer to my house and getting increasingly more angry. I should have phoned the police, but I didn't know what to do. I rang my sister, and with my heart pounding and hands shaking, I told her what was going on. Luckily for me, she was calm about it and asked me to shut the blind and listen to see if he would leave. I couldn't make out the words, but he kept going for five, ten more minutes. Then I couldn't hear him, but I heard something smash. I was still on the phone and I told my sister that I swear I heard something smash and I was scared it was a window or something. My dog is deaf, by the way, so he was unaware of all of this. My sister tells me to go downstairs and check, 
so I turn on my flashlight on my phone and I slowly make my way downstairs. I'm basically ready to see this dude in my house and get killed, or worse. But I check the windows and they're all fine. The doors are all locked, and I don't see him in the peephole. My sister then tells me she can hear him around her house. She has two disabled kids, so I was literally shitting myself thinking he was going to try and break in. I asked her if I should call the police, but then she heard him leave and we didn't hear him at all for the rest of the night. I found out the next day that there was a bottle smashed outside and that was the noise. Even if this has seemed like a harmless drunk, me going home alone the one night this happens is terrifying. And if I hadn't closed my blinds and basically hid until he left, I don't know what he could have been capable of. I haven't told my parents who we think he was because he lives close and I know for a fact my parents would kill him. Even so, whenever it's late at night and I hear a man's voice outside my window, I always fear the worst. Just a few days ago, I was home, minding my own business, studying for an exam. I was kind of stressed out and couldn't really focus on anything. It was midday. The doorbell rang, so I got up and opened the door. There was a man, mid-thirties, average build, looked like a construction worker. He asked me if my parents were home because he needs 50 bucks to fix a pipe. I told him no, they are not. He asked me when they were coming back. I told him I lived with my boyfriend, and I asked why does he need money since we had just paid 35 bucks to the building administration. He said those are for other things, and this is an emergency, that my neighbors had called him, because on our side of the building, the eaves were broken, and the water was dripping on their windows. He then asked me to talk to my boyfriend about the money, and I told him to come back later, because he was not home. He told me to ask him when he was coming back, because the problem needs urgent care. I closed the door, went to grab my phone, and I asked him, Red flag. Is it a pipe, or are the eaves broken? I wanted to ask him which neighbors had called him. If he could give me a receipt, how much exactly was it going to cost? But at this point, I had gotten a little bit scared. I'm a hundred-pound girly. I actually look like I was a kid, which is why he asked for my parents, though I'm 22. The way he talked was also weird. I don't know how to describe it. It just had a mean and crazy vibe to it. So you know, he could have knocked me over with the door. I also felt incredibly stupid to have told him I was alone at home. But he kept asking to talk to other people. It was my first instinct. Anyway, my boyfriend said he would come in an hour. I didn't tell him the whole story because the guy was waiting outside. I opened the door again. I decided I would rather talk to him than make him angry by not opening the door. The door to our apartment is an old wooden door. 
we live in a cheap rented apartment. So I didn't feel protected enough by it. There I am. I open the door. I tell him it's going to be about an hour until he comes back. And then I'm very sorry for the inconvenience. He says it's all right. He'll come back later. Except he didn't leave immediately. He asked me about our rent, if we worked, and if we were students, to which I barely replied, I work, we're both students. I cannot give you more details. I cannot tell you the amount of money I pay for my rent. I'm sorry. He then proceeded to ask me if I didn't know any other girls such as myself, cute, looking for a partner, someone 25 to 30 years old, that he is a good guy, a city guy, and it's really hard to find a good girl. He probably took a good five minutes to explain this and grill me for telephone numbers of girls who would not hang up on him. I tried to be as nice as I could and explain to him I only had friends my age and that they were all in relationships as far as I knew. He asked me a couple more questions, but I kept telling him the same thing, so he finally gave up. He asked if my boyfriend and I had been together for long, to which I replied that we have been together for two years. He wished us good luck and something that would translate to, may you have a future long marriage. He asked me which one was the administrator's apartment, and I told him, and he finally left. I told my boyfriend everything, and he came home as soon as he could. By this point, I felt like puking. I was so scared I had given away too much info while trying to keep calm. He immediately said it was a scam and went downstairs to talk to the administrator. She told him he had knocked on the door and asked her for $15 and that the girl on the third floor, me, had sent him. She told him she knew he was a scammer and not to worry, just be careful. I am scared. It seems like he is planning a robbery, like he got into the building. Someone must have opened the door for him. He's inspected the door and chose ours because it's, well, not the best door. He asked for money to see if I had it on me. He asked for the rent price to see if we have money, if the stuff in the apartment is valuable. Maybe we've been tagged or maybe asking for money really was the whole plan and some people fall for that. But why choose me, our apartment? There's like 13 to 14 others. Weirdly enough, I felt like um, like he was just being nice to me. He was calm. He didn't try to convince me to give him money. He tried to get my parents and then my boyfriend to be his target. He took pity on me. Nevertheless, we've been sleeping with our interior doors open to hear someone's trying to break into our apartment and we try not to leave it empty for long periods of time, living in constant fear, living the dream. This happened several years ago when I lived with my ex-boyfriend. He had recently moved into a two-bedroom house and set to work turning it into a home. 
We turned the back bedroom into an office, as the house only had the one bathroom, and it could only be reached through this bedroom. We would have people crash on our sofa pretty regularly, and didn't fancy them to traipse through our own bedroom to get to the loo in the middle of the night. So we'd been living there for roughly one month when this event occurred. My ex was out with work colleagues, and I was home alone. I'd spent the early morning watching TV and eating takeout. A couple of times I heard some strange noises, but whenever I would try and zone in on them to figure out what the hell it was, it would stop. It got later and I decided to go upstairs and use the computer for a little while before heading to bed. At this point in time, we hadn't had our phone line installed, and I was still on a pay-as-you-go phone, which had run out of credit. I basically had no way to communicate with anyone whilst I was in the house that night. So I'm sitting in the back bedroom with only a small table lamp on that barely forms a glow whilst I'm typing away on my laptop when I heard noises again. It started as a light rattling noise, really faint to the point I had to strain to see if I was really hearing it or just imagining it. I shut my music off and tried to figure out what it was. I went into our bedroom and looked down to the front door. Nobody there. Go back into the back bedroom but can't see much out of the window. We had a small yard with a high brick wall and a solid wooden gate with nothing to cast any light. But, from what little I could see, there was nothing out back either. I sat back down and switched the music back on. Maybe ten minutes later, I heard this eerie screeching sound, like metal on metal, again very faint. As if whatever was making it was trying desperately to be quiet. I was getting more than a little freaked out by this point so I went into our bedroom to retrieve the heavy iron rod that we found in the back of the built-in wardrobe. I didn't switch on any lights as I didn't know what was going on and didn't want to alert any possible intruder to my location inside the house. Remember, I had no way of calling anyone, and I was getting more than a little concerned someone might actually be in my house. I made my way back up into the office and bedroom and closed the door as quietly as possible before bolting it and lodging a chair underneath the handle. Nothing more happens for a good 20 minutes or so. I start to feel a little foolish for letting myself get worked up and put it down to it being my first night alone in the house. But I don't switch the music back on this time which was lucky because I started to hear a sound like two people whispering, both male voices. This didn't sound like they were coming from inside the house, though. I had the office bedroom door open ever so slightly, and the sound seemed to be floating in from there. I headed into the bathroom to see if I can get a better look into the alley that the house backed into. The office and bedroom and the bathroom formed an L around the yard, with the bathroom extending further out. I climbed up onto the ledge and inched the window open to try and see into the alley. 
I couldn't see a thing, but the whispering was louder and coming from directly behind my gate. I couldn't hear whole sentences, but heard enough to surmise whoever these men were. They'd seen us move in and had seen we had quite a lot of valuable equipment. Guitars, computers, my DSLR, TV, game consoles, etc. I imagine they seen I was home alone and been waiting for me to go to sleep to try and get into the house. I stayed perched there for what felt like an eternity until what seemed like the loudest thud in the world echoed up to me. They'd grown tired of trying to be stealthy, and one or both of them were throwing themselves at my gate, trying to break it down. I could see it shuddering under the blows and could only imagine how large these men must be. I'm a tiny girl, all of five foot three, and at that point weighed somewhere around 105 pounds. As you can imagine, I was white as terror as I watched my gate groan under the stress. I sat clutching that iron rod trying to think where I could hide from them. Suddenly, a glaring light blinded me. At first, I panicked and dropped out of sight, thinking they were shining a torch at the back of the house. But then I heard barking and shouting. I peered out again and saw the house, which was across the alley from us, had a flashlight installed, and it was illuminating both their own yard, mine, and the alley with light. I heard grumbling and cursing and then two sets of footsteps hurrying down the alley. I stayed locked in my back bedroom until my ex-boyfriend drunkenly rolled in at about 4 a.m. I didn't sleep a wink that night, and when I went into the yard in the morning, my gate was hanging on by one hinge, allowing easy access from the alley. When I looked at the back of it, the keyhole was covered in scratches, as if someone had tried to force the lock. If they hadn't woken the house behind us, I dread to think what could have happened. Never in my then short life had I ever really considered the concept of actual fear. I loved horror movies. My father was constantly renting them for me despite my mother's protest. I love that sort of fear, the tingle in your stomach when the music starts to get tense and the character in the movie does not see something behind them and you're anxiously awaiting the climax of the sudden jump. That is a fun fear. What I felt that autumn night when I was eight years old was much, much different. I grew up north of Toronto, in a really beautiful town. It had a gorgeous, big, two-story house that even now, 17 years later, I still consider home in a strange way. It certainly was not a small town by any means. It wasn't quaint. wasn't the sort of place that everyone knew each other and no one locked their doors. In general, though, it was safe. There was the occasional stranger danger stories that would circulate about kids seeing someone in the forest and ravine areas that surrounded part of the town. Being a family of all girls, we were taught the basics, 
Always lock the doors, never talk to strangers, never accept rides, etc. It was the beginning of fall, where the maple tree leaves started to turn amazing reds and oranges, and it would get dark much earlier. It was around 8, and the sun had already fully set. My parents and older sister were all out, leaving my middle sister, Kay, and I home alone. Kay decides she wants to have a friend over and wants us to walk and meet her halfway. It was realistically only about a five-minute walk to get there, although at that time it seemed like a huge adventure. Kay could not find her house key. We searched and searched for it. No luck. While she continued searching, I remember my parents kept a key hidden in the garage for emergencies. In this particular house, there was no door directly connecting the garage to the house. You had to open the actual garage door to get to it, or there was a side regular door. Since I had no key, I opened the garage door. I remember very clearly finding the key, and as I got back to the keypad to close the door, I saw headlights. I anticipated seeing a familiar vehicle since my parents or my sister arriving home. But that is not what I was met with. Pulled halfway up my driveway, about 10 feet from where I was standing, was a beige Montana minivan. I heard the slight sound of a window rolling down and the car door opening. My eyes finally focused on the figure of a man, one arm fully out the window, along with his torso and head. He held the door ajar, too, easier access to jumping out if he decided to. He was a big man, completely bald, shiny head sort of bald, and he had a thick sole patch on his chin. It was probably only a few seconds, but it felt like an eternity until he finally spoke. I remember there was this lightness to his voice. I think at the time, I probably took it as a friendly tone, but as an adult, now I remember if it wasn't a more sickening excitement, he may have felt at the opportunity he saw. Are you home alone? This is the fear I was talking about. A muscle-stiffening, stomach-churning fear. This is the sort of fear you see in horror movies, where the person is too afraid to move, that physically... Freezing fear is what I felt. I was only eight years old and tiny. I had no choice. The garage was empty. The driveway was empty. No cars, no signs of adults, no hope. I felt like I was outside of my body watching this happen to another little girl. It wasn't happening to me. I couldn't be kidnapped or hurt. That sort of stuff doesn't actually happen. I heard this weird, echoing noise come from somewhere, my body still frozen. It wasn't until he was hurling himself back into his vehicle and squealing his tires as he violently reversed off my driveway that I realized my sister had opened the front door. I'm assuming he didn't want to take a chance of who could have been opening that door, so he took off. My parents eventually came home and the police came and we filed our report. Nothing came of it. No man was ever found.
and the stories raged on in our neighborhood of the occasional other creepy encounter other kids had. I have no idea what may have happened had my sister not come to the door at that moment. I try not to think about it too much. I try not to imagine what a grown man in a minivan could have done to a tiny eight-year-old girl. I know some people hate the word let's not meet ending, but hey, when in Rome. I hope I never, ever meet the man I saw that night again, and I hope to God no other little girl does either. This happened to me just last Tuesday, and I can't stop thinking about it. I'll start the story by saying I'm a 30-year-old female who lives with my fiancé and our two dogs. I have two huskies. One is two and one is four months old. My huskies are not guard dogs to save their life. They don't bark or howl. These dogs just love people so much. My brother-in-law and friends have walked in on multiple occasions and the dogs don't make a peep. So anyways, it's 8 p.m. It's dark out. I'm home alone. Fiance had a hockey game. I'm in the bathroom with the door closed and the blow dryer going. So I can't really hear anything going on around me. That is, until I heard one of the dogs howl. I stopped the blow dryer and listened thinking that the dogs are fighting again. Then I hear a faint knock and the dogs start going ape shit crazy. Barking, howling, jumping into the bay window so bad I thought they'd break it. I'm thinking, what the hell is making them go crazy like that? Maybe a dog or a skunk. I look out my bedroom window as it was the closest view to the front door for me. Well, lo and behold, there's two black men in hoodies, not racist, just giving the description, standing at the front door. They start knocking louder, and this time my two-year-old husky jumps from the bay window to the front door and starts growling and ramming his body into the door. I'm watching this from my bedroom as the dogs jump into the door. One of the men jumps back, startled looks at the other guy, and they just walk away. I call my fiancé to get home ASAP. I watch them walk away down the road. They weren't selling anything as they didn't stop at any of their houses. I was so creeped out and still lamb. Thank goodness for my crazy dogs. Scary men at my door. I hope I never meet you ever again. Okay, so this just happened last night, and it just kept me awake all night, and I cannot stop thinking about it. So, let me just share it. Let me just explain the setup going on. So, we have only been living here for a little over three months, and my window is the only window out of the entire house that has a view of the backyard, and it's also right next to our very squeaky back door meaning I always hear when someone comes in and comes out. Okay, now to the story. 
So my family went out to run errands last night, leaving me home alone trying to catch up on my classes. Because, you know, college life. Well, it was going good for the first hour until I hear the back gate open and shut. And at first I thought, oh, they must be back, thinking of my family, but that thought was immediately gone when I remembered we have a front door and there is no reason for them to come in through the back. So I sit as still as I possibly can and listen. I start to hear the sound of crunching leaves like someone is stepping on them but I can also hear that they are trying to move slowly. At this point, they are right under my window. And I know this because I have a couch located right underneath it, and I hear someone actually sit on it and let out a quick grunt, which also let me find out it was a man who was doing this. And I'm also feeling extremely grateful over my paranoia of having my blinds open. At this point, I am completely freaked out, not even being able to move at all, because there is literally someone sitting under my window, and I sit there motionless for like two minutes until I start to hear it. Tap, tap, tap. He's tapping on the effing window. They started out light taps, and with each set of taps, he added more weight to them and I feel my eyes grow even wider and immediately feel like I'm going to pass out. And still, I can't move. It's like I'm paralyzed with fear. And it still keeps going. Tap, tap, tap. Until finally I snap out of it, and immediately, without shoes, and in just shorts and a tank top, I jump up, grab my keys, and run out the front door into a 30-degree weather night, which, in my defense, was definitely not the smartest thing to do, as who knows if he was alone. Someone could have been in the front, but at that moment, I just didn't care. I didn't even feel cold. I just needed to get out of there. I hopped into my car and drove off and parked at a Walmart nearby and sat there in shock not even believing that had actually just happened. I finally picked up my phone and see my hands are shaking really bad, but I managed to call my parents, and as soon as I hear my dad's voice, I burst out crying, not even being able to tell him until he just finally said he was on his way, and not even five minutes later, they were there in that parking lot where I finally calmed down enough and told them what happened, and we went back home. I was terrified to go back and even waited in the car until my dad came back from the backyard after inspecting it and said whoever was there was gone. We also debated about calling the police, but but I honestly didn't think nothing could come of it but just follow reports since I didn't even see his face at all, and he was probably long gone by now. But now I'm really regretting it because I'm still terrified and don't even feel safe at all in my own home. I've been trying to distract myself all day now, but I'm just still so shaken up and just hoping I can forget about this whole incident soon.
In 2014, I was left home alone. My then boyfriend, now husband, was at work as I happened to have a very rare day off. I was watching the Golden Girls as I snuggled our two cats and relaxed. I remember feeling a strange, dreadful feeling. I sat up from the couch and noticed a man with shaggy and greasy long hair. He seemed to make eye contact even though he was roughly two blocks away. Then he suddenly broke out into a sprint. I felt this moment in every inch of my body. I rushed into the front porch and locked the screen door before rushing back into the house and locking the main door leading into the house. He was suddenly at the side of our house, punching and kicking the side window of our home, as he screamed inaudible screams. Either that or he was opening his mouth and not making sounds. I don't know which is more terrifying. I was shocked as I stared at him. Suddenly, he lunged off to the side, and I realized that the side door might have also been unlocked. I ran to our side door and caught it right as I saw his face appear in the tiny door window. I began to cry as I locked it before running into our spare bedroom. I whipped out my cell phone and dialed 911 as I cried and tried to explain the issue. For some reason, the story in my memory skips to my upstairs neighbor calling me about five minutes later. Are you okay? I think so. Are you? He began telling me what happened after I hid. Apparently, the man had run up to his apartment and knocked calmly, so he answered. He had no way of knowing that the person at his door was not of sound mind, and I had not thought to warn him. He opened his door, leaving only a thin screen between him and the man. He asked the man if everything was okay, to which the man began screaming. They're trying to kill me. Help. He was shocked and backed up, saying, Please step back. I will call the police. By then, I was downstairs dialing already. The man punched his door and ran downstairs, kicking and punching his car in the driveway, as he screamed about being chased and on the verge of being murdered. He pulled at the car doors and punched at the windows as he screamed, and I begged the police to arrive faster. The police finally showed up as the man was still fighting the neighbor's car. They had brought along an ambulance and then took the man away, strapped to the stretcher in the back. So, some quick background that seems relatively important. It's 2003. I'm six years old. At the time, I lived in a small condo, one bedroom, one bath, and a connected living room and kitchen with an island in between and a spiral staircase with random miscellaneous things stored under it. I was living with my dad with a mother who was out of the picture. It was Saturday, and I remember specifically watching Codename Kids Next Door on TV in the bedroom after waking up. My dad worked a lot of the time, but was such a nice guy, he left the TV on Cartoon Network, which he knew was my favorite channel. 
During a commercial, I got up to take a piss, and even though I knew I was home alone, I closed the door out of instinct. And oh boy, am I glad about that. The next thing I comprehended was the sound of my incredibly noisy spiral stairs that can be heard literally across the condo because of how small it is, begin to rapidly make noise that got quieter over the course of about two seconds, telling me whatever made the noise was going downstairs and fast. As a six-year-old, this was extremely concerning because, as I said, my dad always turned the TV on before he left for work, and I knew he was long gone. So, what did I do? Well, as any paranoid six-year-old would do when they half think they imagined it, I walk out of the bathroom and look over the three-foot-long railing across the bathroom door, and next to where you could walk down the stairs. Kind of confusing, I know, but just try to visualize it, I guess, if you want. And what did I see? None other than an afraid-looking man looking into my living room, but staying hidden under the stairs. After being terrified in the bathroom, I made a distinct effort to be quiet. Like a spy, I was thinking. So there was no way he knew I was looking at him. But he more than likely, practically guarantee, knew I was in the house. Okay, so there is a man in the house. I can A, yell at him to leave and maybe be murdered, sexually assaulted, beaten, etc. By the way, no exit upstairs, only a balcony with a screen door that was jammed for years. And even if I somehow got it unstuck, it's like a 15-foot drop, and that would be no good. So the only exit in the house is the front door. Fire hazard, I know. Or option B, hide. I opted for option B. I waited for what felt like hours, but in reality it was maybe about 20 minutes until I heard shuffling downstairs for about a minute. Then the sound I was praying for, the front door opening. I was still extremely skeptical, even thinking it was a trap to lure me downstairs, so I stayed put upstairs. All day, in view of the TV, by the way, until my dad came home. Who I didn't tell about the whole incident out of fear I shouldn't have had. Thinking he would be mad, I didn't approach him. Nothing valuable was missing from the house. But you're sure as hell I checked under the stairs every morning when I walked down them for the next three and a half years of living in that condo. Why he was there, I have no idea. How he was there, I have a pretty reasonable theory. Simply, my dad forgot to lock the door behind him after he left, and this man was trying doors for some reason, and he came in and hid upstairs somewhere to do something, but got cold feet because I was a little kid. I have no idea. Oh yeah, man under my stairs? Thank you for scaring the living shit out of me for the next four years of my life. This is a story from my childhood, one of the ones that haunt me to this day. Have you ever seen those memes where it says people react like a criminal 
when an unexpected visitor arrives at their doorstep. They freeze and drop everything they're doing and throw themselves to the floor to avoid being seen in a window. This is my story of how I became one of those people. At the time, I must have been around seven, seven and a half years old. I was visiting the Midwest, Kansas to be exact, from South Korea, where I was born and raised, just visiting family, nothing major. On that particular night, the adults, our aunt and uncle and our parents, were going to have a date night, so my parents had ordered us pizza before they left and waited for it to arrive so that we wouldn't have to open the door for anyone. My aunt and uncle had two kids, two boys to be exact, and they were ages 15 and 8. Like I said before, I was maybe seven, seven and a half at the time. My older sister was 11, and our baby brother was the young, tender age of three. So, all in all, we're ready to just have a night of fun games, after all. It wasn't often the cousins got to get together like this. They lived in the States, and we lived in Korea, but we loved each other dearly. We saw our parents out at the garage entryway. They made sure we knew the rules and we could recite them back to them. They also made sure we knew where the telephones were and the emergency numbers to accompany them. It was going to be a typical night of no parents. Or so we thought. It had maybe been an hour, maybe two after our parents had left. We were downstairs in the basement in the playroom or the game room. Whatever people like to call it these days, we were down there just watching movies, playing air hockey, things of that nature, you know, just being kids. We weren't being loud or anything like that, and even if we were, it wouldn't be too big of a deal, because the way houses were in Kansas, the basements were built into the ground in case of a tornado. I had gone upstairs with my oldest cousin because I wanted a drink of chocolate milk and I couldn't reach the cups alone, so we wandered upstairs into the kitchen, which was on the far end of the house. The others stayed downstairs, continuing their games. We had maybe been upstairs for 15 to 20 minutes because while I was drinking my milk, my older cousin was making snacks since we were planning to watch a movie. Then, all of a sudden, we hear the doorbell ring. I remember my cousin looked at me and told me to stay here because it was odd that the doorbell was ringing. It wasn't late, but it certainly wasn't early. And I say this because it was summer. It was around 8 o'clock. My cousin started to creep towards the door quietly. It was unnerving for someone to be ringing the bell. We weren't expecting any guests and the pizza had already been delivered before our parents had even left for the evening. And before he's even halfway to the door, whoever's on the other side starts rapidly ringing the doorbell over and over, the constant ringing echoing throughout the house. And by this point, I had looked over towards the staircase, and I saw our other siblings trying to creep up the stairs with the exclusion of the baby, who was still asleep in the crib down in the guest room. The oldest of the kids, let's just go ahead and call him James from here on out, 
put his finger to his lips and told us to be quiet to make it seem like no one was home, despite there being lights on. He crept closer to the door as the banging and ringing on the doorbell continues, and he peeked through the peephole. I had never seen my cousin look so freaked out. His face drained of color, and he backed away from the door rapidly, and he told us all to go downstairs. But of course, we didn't listen. Honestly, we thought he was playing a joke. Maybe it was some of his friends wanting to scare us. Since he did cancel his plans that night to stay home and watch all of us kids. My older sister shoved past him and looked through the peephole herself. And for whatever reason, whatever was on the other side of the door made her have the exact same reaction. And she stumbled back from the door just as pale. At the time, I didn't understand what was going on. I don't think any of us younger kids really did, but something wasn't right. After a while, 20 minutes, whoever was at the door stopped ringing the doorbell and all was quiet again. It seemed like they gave up. Maybe they thought no one was home. If only we knew how wrong we really were. We all sat in silence for a while after this initially occurred. My other cousin, who I'm just going to call Kyle for the purpose of the story, mustered up the courage to ask his brother James who was at the door and why James and my sister were acting so skittish. James told us that there was a man wearing dark clothes and seems to be carrying some type of a package or large box, but he couldn't see his face. Of course, Kyle, being the little smarty pants he was at the time, started to mock James, saying he was just being a scaredy cat and didn't recognize the neighbors. Kyle was convinced it was just a neighbor trying to drop off a package that might have gotten mixed up in the mail, seeing it happened all the time. So we all agree. That was the probable cause, until we realized... Whoever was ringing the doorbell didn't just leave the package on the porch, which isn't that what most neighbors do? In the case, no one answers. They'll just leave it? And why would they try to bring it over to the house at night instead of just waiting until the next day? But we thought it was over and done with, so we pushed it to the back of our minds. We didn't think it was important to call our parents and let them know what happened. It was over, after all. We went back to the kitchen, grabbed the snacks, then started to head back downstairs until we heard banging again. And it wasn't from the front porch this time. We were in shock. We froze in fear. I mean, it was coming from right behind us. We turned slowly and looked back in the direction from which we came from. We were currently standing in the dining room. We had already passed through the kitchen. It was like someone was banging on the kitchen window. You know the one that's typically above the sink? So your mother or your father can watch the kids while they play in the backyard while they wash the dishes? So James and my older sister, who we are just going to call Nicole at this point got down on their hands and knees, and they crawled back into the kitchen, much against our charging. Just as quickly as they crawled into the kitchen to take a peek, they crawled back to us, almost in hyperspeed, 
and they told us to get low and stay low as we crawled into the den further down the hallway. James had us all huddled close to the fireplace, out of sight from the windows, and he told us to stay there. He was taking charge. He was protecting his home and family the best way he knew how. James quickly crawled away. I didn't know where he was going, but I was scared. The banging was getting louder, and it was getting closer and closer. At some point, I started to cry, and I remember Kyle putting his hand over my mouth, and my sister was hugging us tight. And around that time, we saw James starting to appear back around the corner, and he had a baseball bat. He had crawled up another staircase to get to his room. He crawled past us and put a finger to his lips again, and that's when we realized he was crawling towards the doggy door. He was attempting to close off the one entrance to the house that wasn't locked. Thankfully, he managed to get it latched in time because we don't think the man outside had realized that the house had a doggy door. But when he heard the lock click into place, the banging became more erratic more violent. Then, all of a sudden, much like before, the banging stopped. We heard pacing. Someone was walking back and forth across the porch, slowly and deliberately. Thump, 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 thump. His heavy boots thundered across the red oak porch, and then without warning, the pacing stopped, and it became quiet. Eerily quiet. Then the man called out, Won't you open the door? I have a package for you. We didn't respond. We stayed quiet or as quiet as we could be with the way our hearts were pounding and with how ragged our breathing was. The stranger called out again, Open the door. And again, we didn't answer. The man called out angrily, I said open the door. I have a package. Like before, we didn't answer, nor did we make any sudden movements. The man started banging again, this time directly on the panel window of the room we were sitting in, yelling, I know you're in there. I know you can hear me. Open the door or I'll open it for you. Bang, bang, bang. The window rattled and shook violently with each impact from the strange man. Thankfully, our cousin's house had reinforced windows, so they weren't easy to break. But, unlikely, we didn't have any neighbors close by, so we didn't think anyone could hear the commotion. But while he was making all this noise, we took the opportunity to book it into another room and get to a phone. At one point, while we were on the phone with the police officers, they asked us if we could describe the man, and all we knew was that he was tall and wearing black. So Kyle and I decided to be brave, so if something did happen to us that night, they would at least have a better description of who did it. We crawled back into the den, and we dared to look out at the small corner of the window. We gently moved the curtains out of the way, and lo and behold, the man was still banging. He had moved the shutters off outside of the window. They're basically hanging off their hinges at this point, rattling with the wind. We made eye contact with the deranged man, 
direct soul-searching eye contact. I don't think before this night I had ever believed, but there's pure evil in this world. And when I looked into that man's eyes, I didn't see a soul. I know it sounds crazy, but those were not the eyes of a human. He was something unlike anything I'd ever seen before. Animalistic, maybe. The only word I could describe it as being demonic. It was evil, unnatural, and something I never want to see again. When he saw us, he smiled a twisted grin that I'm sure he thought I was reassuring, and he crouched down so he could get a better look at us, I assume. And then he said, Don't you want your mail? You have mail. I can give it to you if you only open the door. I remember just grabbing onto Kyle's hand for dear life, and Kyle shook his head no, and he threw the curtain back over the window. And before we even had a chance to move any further, the man started violently banging on the window again. At this point, James had had enough. He passed the phone to my sister, and he yelled, Leave us alone. The police are on their way. You're not getting in here. After that, it seemed like the man panicked. The banging abruptly stopped, and then we heard rapid footsteps on the porch. And Kyle and I peeked out the window again, and the man was running through the yard past all the trees, and he jumped the fence. The wooden... 22-foot fence at the end of the yard into the alley that separated the neighborhood from the old cemetery. We stayed on the phone with police until they arrived and our parents arrived not long after. But the man was never caught and we don't know what happened after that night. He just disappeared into thin air. To this day, I'm 21 now, Whenever the doorbell rings when I'm not expecting a visitor, my heart drops and I break out in a cold sweat. Mystery package man, I better not run back into you again. And that, dear listeners, brings it close to these true Home Alone stories. If you are sleeping, I hope Slumberland is treating you comfortably. If you are awake, I hope you've enjoyed this collection. Until next time, please take care of yourselves. I'll be reading to you soon. Have yourself a good morning, a good afternoon, or good evening. Peace, love, and light to you all.